Hello, and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we tell the stories of local business owners, artists, and entrepreneurs, and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a magazine that helps to showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on most streaming services such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and others. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube through the links in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with Maine multi-business owner Khalid Habash. Khalid and his wife Jen are serial entrepreneurs and the owners of the Blue Lobster, Maine Duck Tours, and Scenic Route Maine Tours. After years of learning the ropes in business in other parts of the country, they brought their experience back home to Maine. As extensive world travelers, they enjoy and have first-hand insight about how to host tourists in vacation land. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Weather is getting warmer and it's project planning season, which means you should call Maine Commercial Contracting, your locally owned choice for residential and commercial services in southern Maine. They'll be there for that new driveway, walkway, or excavation for your home and for your business with parking lot paving, road milling, heavy hauling, and competitive commercial pricing. So when you need your project done right and on your timeline, get a hold of the company with the appetite for excellence and the skills to see it through. Call Maine Commercial Contracting at 207-391-0540 for a free estimate or find them online at maincommercialcontracting.com. Welcome to the show, Khalid. We're so glad to have you here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Excited to learn more about you and your business. Um, so you describe yourself as a serial entrepreneur. What does that mean to you and how did you get started in, in doing that? Um, I would probably say that it was 100% unintentional to become a quote-unquote serial entrepreneur. Um, mm -hmm. My wife and I just thought about some concepts that would work in Maine. And mm -hmm. once we had one succeed, we decided to try another. And then that one succeeded as well. And, you know, the more success you have as an entrepreneur, the more confidence you have. And we just kept trying new things that Maine didn't have per se. And, mm -hmm. you know, thankfully, multiple things have worked for us. So unintentional, 100%, though, I will say that. That's great. So Jen is your wife. She couldn't be yes. with us today because I know she has some allergies. So that is so cool. I love hearing about husband and wife's teams because it's not always easy working with your spouse. There's There can definitely be challenges, and but you get to also celebrate those wins. So how has it been, you know, as, as serial entrepreneurs, you and Jen, you know, working together? Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you trying to get the man in trouble with like... <laughs> Your first follow-up question. No, no. So how has that been? What is that process like? And, you know, what strengths do you bring and what strengths does Jen bring? Yeah, I, I would say that it is 100% part of our success is the two peds in the pod. So mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of sales experience. Jen has a lot of merchandising experience. She's also as a human sweeter than I am. I'm also <laughs> a little more on the aggressive side as far as business goes. And so it really balances the seesaw out very, very well. And it has 100% attributed to our success. That's fantastic. It's exactly like us. <laughs> and Except yeah, I mean, I, I will, you know, th there's certainly challenges. Of course, you're like talking about business on off mm -hmm. hours when you'd prefer mm -hmm. not to be and you're trying to be parents at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, but there is no way that we would have been able to achieve the things that we have without doing this together. 
Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that, that you both have different strengths. And then you, when you kind of meld those strengths together, you just can really build something beautiful. Yeah. And it's very gratifying as, Mm -hmm. as individuals and as a couple Mm -hmm. and people, you know, around us, look at us as, uh, inspiring examples of, you know, quote unquote power couple, even though that's not really the way I look at it. It's just, Mm -hmm. uh, utilizing each other's strengths and believing Mm -hmm. in each other and, and like I said before, once once you have a little confidence and momentum rolling, um, mm-hmm. you can kind of go as far as your imagination can take you. Mm, that's good. Yeah, it is that power of forward motion, that momentum mm-hmm. that that can really do a lot, especially when you when you start getting confident because you you start thinking, oh, well, this is just going to work out. And sometimes it, it goes horribly awry, but you still have enough leftover confidence. You're like, ah, I'm sure we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I always tell, you know, new business owners or like people inspired by business. I said, once you get over that extreme mountain of fear, which every entrepreneur has when they're starting mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. I, I, I like to say that there's like fields of gold once you get over that initial hump. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't get over the initial hump, it's just always scary mm-hmm. whether you succeed or fail. But I, that's, that's how I've looked at it anyway, because I was petrified when I started my first business and mm. thankfully it's worked out. That's great. I, I think it's a lot like, you know, with tightrope walkers, that's the closest thing I come to because you're, you're totally working without a net when you first start out, you know, you kind of build your own net as you go so you can take bigger chances, but that first time when it feels like you're about 10 feet off the ground, you're like, this probably won't kill me, but man, it's going to hurt a whole lot if I fall because <laughs> there ain't nothing to break my fall. And then you can kind of move up as you go along. But man, that that initial step, I totally understand because I've, I've felt that, you know, when we start our business and man, it, it is it is intimidating at first. But once you do, like you said, you get over that hump, man, it, it can really propel you into interesting places. Absolutely. Yeah. And when we opened our store, the Blue Lobster, the first one on Commercial Street, there was no plan B. There was no safety net, even a thousand yards away. Pretty much everyone around us, other than probably our parents, thought we were insane. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we weren't going to be able to pay our apartment rent like within two months if things didn't succeed immediately. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, wow. So we took an enormous, enormous risk, but, you know, had belief in each other and the concept that we were providing and the products that we were bringing to the town that we thought were absent. And, you know, we're going into our ninth season and we have opened another location since then. That's, That's fantastic. Awesome. Do you think that being that power couple, and I'm using my air quotes because we're not on video, but do you feel like actually that was one of the moments when working together as a couple is valuable because mm. you you mm-hmm. are so close and you totally understand exactly how deep into something that you are. Mm. You get that whole like, okay, it's it's us against the world back to back. And it's about as close as you can possibly get. Do you think that that was an asset in that moment? Yeah, undoubtedly. You know, I I didn't have another occupation and neither did Jen. So all of our energy was going into this concept, the Blue Lobster. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm talking Mm -hmm. about that. Jen had had a previous gift shop managing experience, but she had never purchased anything for the shop as an owner. And Mm -hmm. that was extremely intimidating to her. And I think it's been a huge asset even until now. I think Jen and I, especially at the time, we were 30 or 31. We were 
some of the youngest gift shop owners, I think, in New England. Wow. Um, generally, gift shop owners are are just a little older. I think mm-hmm. just by the nature of the business and, you know, it, it, maybe it's not that interesting to younger people, but I think because we came at it from a new fresh eyes, a lot of the designs that we implemented in our store, people loved and they just, you don't see that in other gift shops around New England or the mm-hmm. country, frankly. And then when we decided to start, you know, trying to build our own brand behind the Blue Lobster, it just became so much more interesting and fun for us. Like we, we weren't just selling keychains and t-shirts. Like we were actually trying to build a brand. And then of course, once that starts to get a little momentum behind it and people are really digging the concept, it's just so exciting. It doesn't feel like work. You know, you mm-hmm. just want to keep adding to the recipes that are making it fun for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is, it is kind of funny when you think about I, I specifically noticed growing up in New Hampshire, Hampton Beach, you know, you go to the gift shops, you know, the beach gift shops, and then living in Old Orchard Beach and you see, you know, the beach stores there and and then going to visit sometimes down down in Virginia Beach. I'm like, there is a lot of similarities to three places that are, you know, not that next door to each other. Mm-hmm. And to have something stand out is is really kind of it has to be something new and interesting for people when they when they travel they're like oh wait this is very different from anything i've seen before and and w- so you feel is the designs you were bringing in and, and what else do you feel brought that you know that difference i think it's it's an entire you know kind of pot of things that are a lot of it is subconscious so like you know really good lighting makes a big difference mm-hmm. you know upbeat fun music makes a huge mm-hmm. difference mm-hmm. making the atmosphere colorful is a huge difference and then once you add in some like fresh young designs that people yeah. are, are not going to find anywhere else, it just kind of like exudes this energy in the shop that, you know, people pick up on whether yeah. they know it or not. And, you know, a lot of that uh, is from our own personal choices. And a lot of it is is psychological research, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And once you start implementing these like little differences and see it working, it's very fun to witness. Um, and I, you know, both Jen and I did not want to be one of those gift shops that you just talked about. We were trying very hard to, you know, kind of up the ante, if you will, mm. as far as value and quality. Mm. And it has 100% worked because That's people great. who have traveled, you know, around the country or in New England, they can sense it immediately when they walk in our shop that it, our mm-hmm. shop is not one of those places. Mm. Just so uh, yeah. I'm happy about that. So we, we've talked about the Blue Lobster a little bit. You also have two other businesses, but I, the one that I'm really interested in is Maine Duck Tours because people are familiar with uh, with the duck boats in Boston, both you know because of the tours themselves and then also you know the spate of championships that seems to bring those and drive, and drive around Boston. So people have seen them a lot. How did you start out doing that in Portland? And, and what's the tour like? So... I purchased that business from someone else. Oh, okay. Um, and believe it or not, a, a relatively low profile for driving such a unique and large vehicle. Mm. Um, he didn't market heavily. And so a lot of people, particularly locals, don't even know that Portland has a duck tour. Mm. But I purchased that business five years ago. My shop is on Commercial Street, and I would see it go by the store literally every single day and every day it was full. Mm-hmm. I said, wow, that, I mean, that seems like a great business and uh, to operate and own. And 
I moved to Maine wanting to broker for other tour companies, which is some of my background. Hmm. But the concept wasn't going to really work here compared to where I was doing it before, just from a cost per ticket value and foot traffic. It just mm-hmm. wasn't going to work. So I said, well, I'll just buy the duck boat. And he was selling it. So bought it five years ago and have really tried to put it on the map, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're a lot more visible now. I mean, my shop is a very busy place. And the fact that we're in the center of the old port in Portland, it just has higher visibility. I've implemented better ticketing availabilities and TripAdvisor and SEO and all of that stuff. Um, Mm. So, you know, we have one vehicle, it holds 36 people Mm -hmm. and people would be shocked. Sometimes people think we have six vehicles because we're running so often. Mm. Um, And, you know, it's, it's been a trying experience. I do want to point that out. It's been a Mm -hmm. hard business to own, Mm -hmm. uh, but people love it. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a magnetic thing. People love the concept of a bus driving into the water and then you can go see the fort on the same tour. Uh, we do, we do 30 minutes on land and then we drive into Casco Bay and do 30 minutes in the water. Wow. Wow. That is so, so cool. cool. I mean, it, it, it and it is. It is just that one of those things that I don't think it ever gets old. I mean, maybe if you're, I guess if you're driving it, you know, I mean, every day. But that idea of like, oh, yeah, we're just going to drive along. And now we just drive right into the water. And now mm-hmm. we're floating around. Like, that's that's just cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just appeals to me. And I'm not even like a tourist around here. It's just That's just a really cool idea. Right. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get locals involved. I think locals would be absolutely shocked at how much history Portland has. You know, when I was first getting into the business, I myself was shocked as a local Mainer to find mm-hmm. out that there was such an abundance of history in such a small area. And the fact that you can take a tour around town and then 20 minutes later see the town from a panoramic view from the water is mm. very exciting for people. That is cool. Yeah. I think Kim was very excited. I think she actually wants to, her, her ambition after this is she wants to be a duck boat driver. <laughs> Oh, well, great. I need, I'm in need of some help anyway. <laughs> <laughs> be a great summer job for you, Kim. Yeah. It sounds so much fun. Oh, gosh. I, I can't wait to try it out. So um, I wanted to ask, so tell us about how do scenic route Maine tours and Blue Lobster fit into Maine's tourism season? So Scenic Route Tours was the first business Jen and I started, and mm-hmm. that was the momentum of fear that I talked about earlier in the Mm. episode where there was a very short window of time for us to experiment, if you will, with this business. Um, Mm. We were living in Juneau, Alaska, and I was selling shore excursions to people that come off of cruise ships in there, which is, you know, a multi-million dollar business in Southeast Alaska. Uh And then when we decided to move to Portland, Maine, the ship industry was just starting to take off. So Mm -hmm. certainly some of it was like impeccable timing. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, I think there was only like 50,000 people getting off cruise ships. And then when we showed up, that number, you know, quadrupled within Mm. three or four years. So The timing was wonderful, but basically we've molded the scenic route tours so that 90% of my customers directly come off of cruise ships just for the day. So I'm offering excursions for almost exclusively cruise ship passengers who are in town only for that day. Hmm. We, you know, we do tours of the, the Portland Peninsula, the lighthouses down to Kenny Bunkport and to Freeport. And, hmm. um, it's been very successful. I mean, people 
people that are savvy when it comes to ship traveling, they know that there's someone outside prepared to offer tours. Like that's mm -hmm. much of the Caribbean is how that's set up aside from the ship's own shore excursions. And I knew that from my past experience. So we said, you know, let's try this out and see if it works. And basically uh, from day one, we had a huge learning curve. Day two was a little rough. Day three, we, we kind of smoothed things out. And from day four until day 45, my mm. business was sold out every day. The first That's season. Amazing. Wow. That's amazing. How does the, the cruise industry compare from Juneau, Alaska to Portland, Maine? Because it seems like it'd be a very kind of similar, but also very different at mm, the same time. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some fundamental similarities and some fundamental uh, differences. I mean, the similarities is that, you know, the ships are only in town for a day. They're going up and down East Coast. Some go into Canada and back. Some of the same ships that dock in Southeast will, will come to the East Coast. But that's probably where the similarities uh, stop. Mm -hmm. uh, Juno attracts 1.5 million people off of cruise ships. And that wow. town can have anywhere between three or six cruise ships in in one time, in one day. And so, you know, the population of the town almost doubles when, when people get wow. off the ship. And so, you know, Portland gets, I think it's like a hundred and maybe 150,000 people. So mm -hmm. it's nothing compared to Southeast Alaska. Wow. Um, and people's mentality is a little different. You know, mm -hmm. Alaska is more adventurous and people go up there with the mindset of like, this is a once in a lifetime thing. Mm -hmm. And so they're ready to spend some big money to do whatever they want to do because they've been mm -hmm. saving for X amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, where the passengers in New England are, are a little less adventurous and typically on the little older side, they're coming to see the leaves and the lighthouses. And, mm -hmm. um, so in that way, it's, it's a little different, different but kind. you know, for, for what I'm providing it, the concept is the same. People get off the ship. They want a tour, but that's it. Nice. Mm. Nice. That would make total sense. Yeah. yeah. Alaska is definitely a little bit more removed from people's everyday lives than, sure. than Maine is. And then again, yeah. <laughs> some people think Maine is part of Canada, but <laughs> yeah. it, it, it takes right. all kinds. <laughs> Where's Maine, they say? <laughs> anything anything yeah. north of Boston, they're like, oh, the wilderness. No, it's <laughs> not really. I mean, come on. No, that's exactly right. So one of the things I'm kind of always curious about, because I'm more, I'm much more of the logistical kind of process sort of guy. So I'm always curious to know, over the past couple of years of, of owning a business or businesses, in your case, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned in the past couple of years? Well, I mean, the past couple of years have been the pandemic. So mm. my answer is probably different now than if you asked me two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, True. You know, it's like I'm here talking about, you know, the wonderful aspects of being a business owner, but it is not for everyone, especially as a married couple. You know, it's sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard to, to switch it off. It's hard mm -hmm. to set it aside and compartmentalize, you know, family mm -hmm. and business. One thing I was quite unprepared for is the employee situation can be very mm -hmm. difficult, mm -hmm. especially now when it's very hard to find help at all. But, mm -hmm. you know, you, you work with a lot of different personalities and I wasn't prepared for that aspect of being a business owner. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's highlighted in our scenario because with the tour company, I have a lot of, you know, retired people working for me because it's such a small gig. And then mm -hmm. in the blue lobster, we have, you know, college kids. And so, 
I'm like right in the middle, just from like a technology, technology advanced state. And also, you know, in the ages that we grew up, I mean, I have, you know, these guys on the do the scenic crew and they didn't grow up with smartphones or the internet. And I grew mm-hmm. up in the middle of that. And then you have these mm-hmm. other kids that, you know, can't leave their phone for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that you, you mentioned a desktop and they have no idea what it is like oh, a desk. What? Yeah. Oh, the thing that you can't pick up. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. It's very unusual. And just like the fact that I'm just turned 40, I'm just like, just by the age, right in the middle of both of these different mm-hmm. age groups is kind of unique, but you know, perseverance, you have to have perseverance. Yes. Like there's yes. no way that we would have been able to get through the pandemic or, swallow some of the hardships uh when starting our business if Mm. you weren't dedicated to what you were trying to build and we work very hard just like any other main seasonal company for six months and then you know we're able to kind of take a seat back and, and relax and i was just kind of conditioned to work like that from before coming a business owner but it wouldn't be sustainable if it was 12 months a year you know, I think of places like Florida and Hawaii where it's beautiful 12 months of the year and the tourism doesn't stop. And I don't think I could do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It just you need you need to be able to take a breath and turn your your head off for a couple months because you work so hard in the summertime. Mm. That is true. That that has to be. I mean, because I know that there's probably a slower season again using air quotes, but that slower season is still going. I mean, you, you, that, that's a whole other rhythm of business. Yeah. So, so would you say, you know, one of the things that you learned is pace as a business owner, like you have to have a pace and you have to recognize, you know, when to rest. And uh, so that's, sounds like that's one of those things that you learned o- over the years. Yeah, it's crucial. It's crucial to the, to your success. 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we live in a place that's really unique. So you're talking about you know, Halloween, once Halloween comes, the lights turn off. Mm -hmm. There are no more cruise ships. The leaves are gone. Mm -hmm. All the excursions stop and it gets dark and cold. Mm -hmm. And so it really is like a light switch. It's pretty incredible. And Mm -hmm. uh, for many years, I had a very difficult time transitioning from, you know, going 150 miles an hour Mm. to like zero overnight. Right. And um, I've learned to you know, basically what I do is I leave the geographic area for like four or five days. So that mm-hmm. it switches the root, the routine in my head of, you know, mm-hmm. being hyper productive and making sure everything's done. And mm-hmm. that has helped me a lot, but it's crucial to rest your head and your mind and take care of yourself just so that you can, you know, ramp up again in March or April or, you know, whenever your season is going to start. And I, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think if you talk to other seasonal business owners, it's it's the same way because it's just mm-hmm. not sustainable. For sure. Mm. So that kind of dovetails into my next question. So give me two things. What advice would you give to another aspiring entrepreneur? Just two two pieces of advice. Well, they kind of go hand in hand, I guess, the, the two pieces of advice. I think number one is to study as much as possible before mm-hmm. pulling the trigger on whatever you are going to do. I mean, mm-hmm. collecting data to the best of your ability is important. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for me, that led to purchasing the duck boat, you know, doing the blue lobster, doing mm-hmm. the scenic route. Like none, none of those things were just like an idea that sounded fun. Like I, I made sure to play detective for a while. So mm-hmm. that's number one. And then number two, I think you just, you have to be all in. 
And I think, mm-hmm. you know, you, you hear that from other entrepreneurs and podcasts and so forth, but you really got to be all in, I think, mm-hmm. to to have that fire underneath you, because if mm-hmm. you have a side hustle or if you're still working a part-time job and experimenting with this, like you're not going to be on that tightrope that we talked about before. And in my opinion, it's very important to do that because, mm-hmm. you know, things happen organically that might help you, you know, there's mm-hmm. luck involved. There's a little destiny involved. There's people that you might meet. And if mm. you're you know distracted by doing other things on the side, I just feel like, I'm not saying you won't succeed. I'm just saying that I think it's important part of success as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Let me go yeah. back to that people part. How important as an entrepreneur for you was it to have people that were also entrepreneurs or that knew more than you, that were smarter than you? Did you have that as an entrepreneur and, and was that important? Like a mentor? Like a mentor or people that, that had been entrepreneurs themselves. Um, yeah, I mean, of course. I think maybe I might be slightly unique in the way that, like, I never aspired to be a business owner. Like, that wasn't mm-hmm. on my radar at all. Mm-hmm. Zero. Mm-hmm. I got hired by a friend in Alaska to do the, the job, and he was the same age as me. He went to business school. We worked together for one year, and then the following year, he opened his own business. Mm-hmm. And all it took was that. I said, well, wait a minute. If he's mm-hmm. doing it, I can do it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I didn't go to business school, but I'm certainly as qualified. I have the sales skills. Right. I have the work ethic. And for me, it was really that simple. And then the other mm-hmm. piece of advice that I got from a mentor, I was the manager of this tour company in Juneau. And, you know, I was happy. I was making decent money for five or six months. But he was just like, "Your work. whenever you work for someone else, there's going to be a ceiling. And you're at that mm-hmm. ceiling. Mm-hmm. You've been doing this for, you know, three or four years. And I know you're happy, but you will never make more than what you are making now. Mm. And that was it. You know, I, I can, yep. I held on to that pretty strongly and um, mm-hmm. he was absolutely right. I mean, there yeah. will always be a ceiling when you're working for someone else, both from a position standpoint and an economic standpoint. And so mm. those two pieces together are what pushed me to start my own tour company here in Portland. Mm. And thankfully, you know, the timing was impeccable. Nobody was doing it. Mm-hmm. And it was successful almost overnight. Do you think that ceiling could also be a ceiling of even creativity? Because as business owners, we get to create things because, you know, we are the business owners. So I think when you maybe are working for somebody too, do you think there's that creativity piece involved oh, as well? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, when you're working for someone else, you almost don't need to be creative. Like you're mm-hmm. expecting the business owner to do the things that maybe the business needs. And I know that happens a lot, you know, employees, you know, like, well, wait a minute, I, I can try this and do this. And mm-hmm. if the business owner, you know, is not on board with that or disagrees, then you branch off and start your own thing. But yeah, yeah I just, it be, it's about resourcefulness. It's about creativity. It's about mm-hmm. curiosity. I think, sure. you know, my innate curiosity as an individual has, has really helped be a, a successful business owner. I think that's really important to just be yeah. naturally curious about things. You know, how can I make it better? Who can mm. do this better? How can I try this? You know, mm-hmm. what about this? You know, being open-minded and, you know, and look, like, again, it really is timing and other entrepreneurs will tell you that, but like I moved back to Maine in 2012 and look at Portland, Maine in the past 10 years. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the tourism yeah. sector has exploded the yeah. brewery sector has exploded. The hotels have exploded in, in downtown Portland. And 
it was like, you know, Portland, Maine is on the map. And mm. yeah. we're very fortunate to have one of the best locations in the state for our shop. And that can't be denied. I mean, yeah. as, as hard as you work, location is important. And, you mm-hmm. know, people need to come here. That's what will help drive mm-hmm. our, all of our businesses to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, very great. true. So one of the questions that we always enjoy asking, because there's there's a million different answers to it, and we haven't gotten them all, so yeah. we might as well keep asking it. How do you define success, either personally, professionally, or both? I define success by having the ability to use my time in the way I would like. Mm. And so I'm very fortunate, while I also was very conscious about creating businesses that would allow me to have more time off than the average American has. I did it mm-hmm. before I was a business owner and it was very important to me when I became an entrepreneur to be able to take a one or two month vacation a year. And mm-hmm. I know that is not typical of the US workforce, right. but it's more common in Europe. Yeah. And That's why I said I was conditioned to be a seasonal business owner, because before that, I used to work six or seven months straight, but then I would go traveling for five months and I loved it. And I, I wanted that to be a part of my children's uh, youth. And um, I'm very happy that we've been able to instill all of those things. So so for me, that, that is really my personal answer to being successful. Mm, That's Mm. great. So we are inspiration junkies and, and, you know, we always like to ask this as well, but because there's so many great answers, uh, who or what inspires you? Well, I mean, there's simple answers. Like I'm very inspired by powerful quotes. I've always have been like, even Mm -hmm. in high school, I could really take hold of a quote and it would really fuel me and drive me, you know, just like the gentleman I told you about, he just said there will always be a ceiling. And, you know, that for me was enough to be like, well, wait a minute, I want to bust through the ceiling. And, you know, traveling internationally is also very inspiring and motivating. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are mm-hmm. very fortunate here in the U.S. and in the Western civilization to have a lot of things that we take for granted. And when I go to places that doesn't have hot water, it's like a reset button in my mm-hmm. head, you know, yeah. like. This is basic stuff and people don't have it and just is humbling and grounding regardless of how much you make or what house you live in. Um, So that is always important for me to put myself in those situations that maybe would be uncomfortable so that when I come home, the tap water that you drink every day is appreciated. That's amazing. Yeah, Mm. it's so true. Well, Khaled, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk with us. Uh, This has been a great conversation Mm. and eye-opening for us. And and I think it'll be really good for business owners and even just for for people who are are just interested in learning more about what you do. So thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we wish you the best to both you and Jen. Yeah. And I'll be sure I have uh, links to all of your businesses, Blue Lobster, Main Scenic Tours, and uh, also the, the Duck Boat Tours. I'll have links to all of those in the show notes so people can uh, check those out. Can you buy tickets for the the Duck Boat Tours online? Yes, directly on our website, mainducktours.com. You can purchase tickets for you know any month uh, from now until the end of October. And then cool. you can purchase any apparel or uh, of any sort that we offer in our shop at thebluelobster.com. We also have an e-commerce website. 
Awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I will link all those in the show notes so people can can check those out. Once again, thank you so much, and and we wish you great success this coming uh, tourist season and yes. beyond. Thank you so much. It was really fun talking to you guys. Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor and encourage you to check them out through the link in the show notes. And thank you again for listening. Mm-hmm.